Comic Talkers, where comics are always the top of our discussion. I'm Mary. I'm Brandon. And I'm Bryce. We are back again with another museum segment. This is actually for the month of the museum segment. The idea for the segment came from these comics. Um, so we are here in Flash Month building our own Flash museums. Now, there are so many Flashes that we had to make an entire segment going over multiple forgotten speedsters. <laughs> so we're doing it a little bit differently so unlike with shazam month where we did our favorite shazam stories we are instead this time so each of the three of us brandon bryce and myself are picking a different flash um i'm doing jay bryce is doing wally brandon is doing barry and we're going to build a museum for each of these flashes ourselves so we're going over best moments appearances you need to read favorite rogues favorite team ups favorite team um, these are sort of essentially how we would advertise these characters to people. Um, and I'm going to be starting us off. So we're going over best moments first. Um, so I would be remiss as a Batman hater and a Jay Garrick fan to not say that time he ate popcorn while Ted Grant was beating up Batman. <laughs> um, I would, I can't not include it. <laughs> Um, easily top 10 Jay Garrick moments heard. ever. Uh, <laughs> what a way to start it off. <laughs> um, but there is, of course, a lot more that are more flash oriented than that. Um, we do, of course, have in 52 where, um, he, Ted Grant, and Alan Scott are reforming the Justice Society of America. Um, this is a sad one, but I really, really love, um, everything with his relationship with Joan, especially when they are adopting their son and the passing of their son. It's heartbreaking. It makes me cry. It is so important to Jay Garrick's character. Also, everything that deals with Jay rounding up the other old cronies of Max Mercury and Johnny Quick during, like, it's just... It's very good. It's... There's so many moments for Jay Garrick that are so good. And it's really frustrating because he doesn't get a lot of flash runs. He just kind of shows up in other characters' flash runs. Of course, um, when he helps lead the, JLA, the JSA out of retirement, um, there's so many excellent moments. And it's so hard to pick ones that are specific to him that don't focus a little bit more on other flashes. Of course, I can't also not say with spoilers for the current flash run, but um, everything he's doing right now in One Minute War. Yes. Now he is... Excellent. It's so good. Um, it makes me so excited. They're portraying him as a veteran too, which he basically is, he having, is. Started, having fought with the JSA in World War II. War II. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And... Um, as frustrated as I am about them giving him a daughter because it just takes away so much of the point of so much of his character. Um, they're doing that that right by him there. Yeah. Um, so I'm 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 happy. I'm gonna take it. Um it's an excellent Jay Garrett moment. Another, and I'm sorry, I don't I don't mean to step on your toes. He basically had another son by somewhat adopting Bart, didn't he? Yes. Yes. And they're the giving him a biological daughter takes away so much of his character. Um, and so much of his and Joan's relationship and the way that they interact with the Flash fam that it just makes no sense. 
but anyway this is not this isn't about that um but yeah so those are some of my favorite jay garrick moments i I, well one i'm shocked you didn't put that he is one of the founding members of the justice society well i'm not there yet come Come on there yet okay the jsa is getting a lot of talk time in my museum okay i'm trying to space it out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so, mary, mary if you don't mind me asking i'm sure we'll get to it eventually but what do you think of the the current run of the jsa aside from your opinions on jay's daughter it's i'm not as caught up on it as i need to be um but i it's it's interesting i it's so different I, it's right? a mixed bag it's a mixed bag for me i i need to reread it and get caught up before i give you my whole opinion so we'll come back to that eventually <laughs> okay yeah because that whole new golden age that jeff johns is doing i like it it's good it you can tell it would read better as a as a binge though exactly i agree i'm actually the one of them that's collecting each issue too so at this point i'm kind of in the same thing that i wish it was we get in one binge so anyway we'll get up to barry now barry's got a lot of good moments um fact being of course one of the first things i'm going to bring up is how he gets his powers the fact being that he's in his normal laboratory in central city police department um and all of a sudden during an electrical storm barry's light change and a bolt of lightning struck right through the window which hits the chemical cabinet and covered barry with electrified chemicals allowing him to gain the powers of super speed now the next big moment does involve mary's character for her museum it is flash 123 and is why is this issue so important it's because it introduces the multiverse and barry while performing a show for a group of kids to, for a charity um event um decides to vibrate so quickly that he enters a different world and he realizes this is not central city that this is keystone city now in the process of doing this he starts to realize where it is because this is the home of one of his favorite superheroes from comic books himself jay garrick and he does find jay but in the process he is retired at this point in time but realizes that there is a multiverse at this point so what i love about this thing is that this is the first time jay and barry team up And Jay comes out of retirement to take down the Fiddler, the Thinker, and the Shade um, during some bank heists that are going on and some terrorizing the city. Um, Of course, Flash does find a way to get back home. He does. But Jay, it's the whole thing of them teaming up for the very first time and introducing the multiverse. Um, Next moment I have is the first time he faces the Rhodes. Now... The Rogues, of course, anybody does not know, we do have an episode coming out later this month regarding the Rogues and creating the Rogues. This is a group of Flash villains that come together to work with each other. Um, During this, though, Grodd is the one that manipulates everybody and says, I'm going to try to negate um, Flash's speed force in order to win. And how am I going to do that without others? And he gets all these groups or uh, villains. Um, It was Captain Cold, Leva's Boomerang, um, Heat Wave, and a couple others. And, well, they fail epically um, to the team. 
Um, even though Grodd did have a hold down on Flash for a while, um, <laughs> it was another gorilla that attacked Grodd and <laughs> made him lose his stability on him that Flash was able to beat him in the long run. Um, next one, I'm not going to go too far into it because Barry does take a brief hiatus from comics after his ultimate sacrifice in an event called Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, where he does set back plans made by the Anti-Monitor and destroying the multiverse, um, but in the process, which is very horrific and very, the way the art's done is so well, but it's horrific, the way they do it with Barry, um, that he pretty much ultimate sacrifices himself, or does he? People think he died after this. He didn't. And we find out why in Final Crisis, which is my next big event. Um, fact being that um, Wally and Jay are investigating an abandoned building um, where they notice a few things. Uh, Martian blood, a crime Bible, and Mobius chair. Or after the death of both Martian Manhunter and Orion. Now, Wally starts to mention at this point in time there was a bullet that killed Orion and that is this bullet traveling back through time? And at this point, the Mobius chair opens up a portal. Kira comes running Barry, being chased by the Black Racer of the Fourth World. All he says to him is run. And all of a sudden, he runs so fast, he ends up in the present time, barely escaping the grips of death. So Barry's back in the world. Now I'm going to go back a little bit because Flash, because it, it's, it's a simultaneous thing during this. I also put Flash versus Superman in a race. Their very first race. And what I love about this is what they do is that the UN secretary is in hopes to have these two compete in a race to help raise funds. To raise funds for what? It's very vague. Um, but during this, two competing gangs are actually trying to bet on this and trying to sabotage the race so their winner succeeds. Um, it even got to points where they replaced them during a race to try to give them fake speedsters. But in the process, of course, Superman and Flash do um, surpass this, and they end up in a tie till no game gets any wins. But, and of course, during these times, there have been multiple races, some that Superman wins, some that Flash wins. But... We go to Flash Rebirth, issue number three. Now, this is where we find out who ultimately is faster and comes out to be the Scarlet Speedster himself. And what I love this whole scene, because of course he's trying to save other Speedsters from not only being sucked back into the Speed Force, but to escape um, Barry in this process because he is slowly and surely turning into the Black Racer. Now, he decides to just start running at this point. I need to protect everybody. Superman follows him. And Superman's trying to save him, saying, I don't want to lose you twice. We've lost too many people lately. And Barry's just ignoring him. Well, it gets to the point where he states, I've beaten you before. And this is where Flash comes out and says, that was all for charity. And blasts past him. It is just, it, that's why I put this. It's a sad scene. But it makes you enjoy the Flash a little bit more that he's been holding back this whole time. Um, I have a couple more items on my list um, for big moments. Of course, I cannot sit here and not talk about Blackest Night. Um, fact being that he does escape the grips of a Black Lantern ring. 
but in the process, gains a blue lantern. Right? Um, when Ganthet is able to grant another bearer of a ring for each lantern core, the blue lantern core ring does attach itself to Barry Allen. And with him and the other lanterns that are chosen, are able to defeat Necron and the Black Lantern Corps. Not a big one, but just the point's a big point. But I do have one last one, and it is a big one. It is Flashpoint. Now, for anybody who does not know, after, like we said, after returning back to life and adapting to the world he's in, Flashpoint does happen. Because this is, of course, this after Reverse Flash releases that he is the one responsible for all the tragedies in Barry's life, including the death of his mother. Now, Barry wakes up in another world that he does not know. He does not have a speed, does not have anything that he knows. Even the people that he knew were different, including Batman. And seeing that first moment, and I actually do have something I would love to put in a little cubicle right in front of that scene. Um, pretty much everything changes that night. Bruce died that night, not, and his parents survived. Um, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are in a battle with each other, Cy or Cyborg is more of a government agent trying to assemble a team to take on Aquaman and Wonder Woman in a war, and um, Superman is in captivity, and in order to change things back to the way they need to be, Barry had to sacrifice something he thought he'd never see again, and the process of this world happening is because he saved his mom. And he has to make that ultimate sacrifice in order to make things right. He had to sacrifice his mom. And it is such a sad moment in the DC comics, but what I would have in front is what Batman of that world, Thomas Wayne, gives Barry to give to Bruce. And it's the letter. Because that's where I would have that little monologue saying, you're one hell of a messenger underneath that. Um, Flashpoint, I know it's decisive. I know we've, we'll talk about it later on this month, um, but I'd have it up there. It's an important part of Barry's history. Um, so yeah, that is my biggest moments I have on my list. So I'm going to turn it to Bryce to talk about Wally West. So I'm going to start this by saying his name is Wally West, and he is the fastest man alive, because that is how almost every single issue from Mark Wade through Jeff John's run starts. I know that's not a big moment, but it's just something I always love seeing. But no, Wally West, to me, is the character that really introduced the idea of legacy into the Flash family because he directly passed, like, carried on the mantle from Barry. And so he was the first kid Flash. Flash 110 is his origin issues, his first appearance. And we find out that the lab accident that happened to Barry the exact same thing happened to Wally when he was visiting Barry's lab. So you've got that there. The next big moment is what, in my opinion, is the formation of the greatest team in all of DC Comics, the Teen Titans, with Kid Flash, Robin, Dick Grayson, and Aqualad Garth. They basically <laughs> they were not they are not in the I know original. they weren't they but are not the, in the original now Donna shows up in the very next issue of the Teen Titans I love I know, Donna I'm, just pulling love your leg. I'm pulling your leg I know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that those those are the original Teen Titans Wally was a member of that 
you basically get some clat like just some one-off adventures here and there and the team eventually splits wally really kind of stays in that kid flash role as a sidekick to barry until 1980 with the reformation of the Teen Titans under the moniker the New Teen Titans. This is kind of where he starts questioning his motivation, why he's still doing what he's doing. Wally questioning himself and doubting himself is a key component of his character that lasts for pretty much until after Jeff Johns. Like, that is a massive part of his character. So, Marv Wolfman establishing that precedent is huge. But Raven forms the new Teen Titans, so it's Wally, Dick, Donna, Starfire, Cyborg, Beast Boy, and, of course, Raven. Uh, One thing that I do think is notable is Wally actually falls in love with Raven for a little bit. And, you know, you really... What is it? Let's be glad that never happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, because that would have meant like it was really messed up. It, it was Raven broke Wally. Yeah. <laughs> Raven broke Wally to the point where that, among other things, caused him to not only leave the team, but drop the kid flash mantle entirely and give up being a hero. That happened in issue 39 of the new Teen Titans, which was right before the Judas contract. Now, if you guys don't know about the Judas contract, this doesn't have anything to do with Wally, but Wally is still affected by it because of his relationship with the villain, one of the villains of the Judas contract, but really also a victim of the Judas contract, Tara Markov. Wally treated Tara like a little sister. And when she sacrificed herself in New Teen Titans Annual Number 3, Wally was hurt that he never even got invited to the funeral. He genuinely felt forgotten. And that's part of, that adds more of that self-doubt to Wally's character. But that was that was the end of his kid flash days. Not long after the Judas contract, we get Crisis on Infinite Earths. Barry sacrifices himself and Wally decides that he needs to take on the Flash Mantle. He hadn't been a hero in a while, but he needs to take on the Flash Mantle. One thing I forgot to mention right before this, and I think even a little bit into this period of him being the Flash, where Wally received his powers at such a young age, they weren't compatible with his physiology. They were killing him. And him being a hero was essentially him sacrificing himself every time he ran. But Wally... Does his thing as the Flash for a little bit. Along the way, he meets the love of his life, Linda Park, and forms the best couple in DC Comics. No, I will not negotiate. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) And eventually, we get to the return of Barry Allen. Quote, unquote. Stories by Mark Wade. And it talks about how Barry seemingly comes back from the dead when it is really only Eobard Thawne impersonating Barry. And it's where we get that classic with Wally backhanding Thawne saying, you're no Barry Allen. And that's a huge moment, not only because it's Wally against Thawne, but it's also 
one of the major moments where we see how Wally truly views Barry and how that influences him as a hero. From there, I kind of skip a little bit. Uh, we actually know Wally along the way does discover the Speed Force for the first time. That also happens in Mark Wade's run. He discovers the Speed Force for the first time, is the first Flash to harness it. And I want to say around that same time is when he meets Bart Allen Impulse, the grandson of Barry Allen, kind of becomes a mentor to him. So when I say Wally is really the Flash that introduces legacy into the Flash family, it is on multiple fronts. The Flash family, people think nowadays it runs through Barry, and DC has made sure that that is the case. But for the longest time, the Flash family ran through Wally. So going a little bit quicker, we get to Blitz, which, spoilers, is my favorite Flash story of all time. It is where Hunter Zolomon comes back as Wally's reverse Flash, Zoom. And his whole deal is he wants to make Wally a better hero through sacrifice and through suffering. He doesn't think that Wally has suffered as much as a true hero should and that it's hindering his abilities. So before this, Wally and Linda had gotten married, and they were expecting children. Zoom snapped his fingers, killing the children, which basically caused Wally to snap. And I, I know I keep jumping all over the place. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it linear, <laughs> but Wally's identity up to this point had been public. Yeah, and because of Blitz and because of the events that Zolomon caused Wally went to the specter which was at the time Hal Jordan we won't get into that whole mess had Hal erase his identity but in the process Wally also forgot he was the Flash so if you ever wonder if you're reading and you just wonder when Wally's identity went from public to secret that's how we won't really go beyond that i love i love rogue war but it's not it's it's not as important to wally's character what is important to wally's character is infinite crisis that is the first time he vanishes into the speed force and causes bart to take over as the flash for a little bit wally comes back does his thing again for a little bit and then flashpoint erases him from existence so there's a huge jump right there. Wally West does not exist in the new 52. That is that is no, something notable. I know you get the you get the African American Wally West that was inspired by the TV show. He's his own separate character now. He's really cool. He's he's a dope character. Uh he, he goes by Ace now cuz like Wally Wallace they call him Ace. Great character. Then you get to DC Rebirth. The entire basis around DC Rebirth was the return of Wally West. He came out of the Speed Force once and for all, but nobody knew who he was. They figure out who he was, and he's essentially reacclimated into the DC universe. However, the people that the one person that does not remember who Wally West is is Linda Park. So Wally essentially loses his family. It really takes a toll on his mental health. And then we get to my least favorite comic story, arguably of all time, 
heroes in crisis i figured that was coming soon <laughs> it, it has to i don't want to talk about heroes in crisis but this was during a time when the former dc publisher dan didio had a vendetta against all former sidekicks wally west dick grayson everybody has had a vendetta against roy harper <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just hurts <laughs> including Tom Kane in Heroes in Crisis as if butchering Wally's character wasn't enough he had him kill Roy in the process yeah no, so that was kill one of his best friends who's being yeah. <laughs> so Heroes in Crisis is essentially the character assassination of Wally West as if erasing him from the New 52 wasn't enough Heroes in Crisis is essentially surrounding this mental recovery, what they call it, sanctuary. It's a mental recovery center for superheroes. And Wally somehow along the way snaps and by using the speed force kills everyone there, including Roy Harper and a different version of himself. And then he goes off. This was a really weird point. He went and like was on the Mobius chair for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, good, good for him. I, I don't really think like that's a that's a moment that's notable, but not really conversation worthy. That's like a moment you'd put in the museum, like, hey, we made a monument for it, and they're like, scratch that, put Why? that in the basement. <laughs> like, put that down. Yeah. That's like one it's, of the like it's, not to be a music history nerd, but that's like Beethoven's Eroica Symphony originally being based around Napoleon, and then Napoleon did what Napoleon does, and Beethoven went, mm, better not. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost it's almost as noteworthy, actually, I'd say about equally as noteworthy, given how that story played out, as Batman sitting in the Mobius chair in the New Fifty Two. Promise, I'm almost, I promise, I'm almost done. Wally just has a very long and complicated history. Wally has a lot to get through, yeah. yeah. Wally is a ton to get through because everything notable outside of the, the introduction of the villains happens in Wally's run. And then you mix in Teen Titans, you mix in every crisis event. Justice League, like there's... I didn't even touch JLA. I didn't even touch JLA. There's just so much, yeah. And then you get you get to the current run. And in my opinion, the man who saved Wally West, Jeremy Adams, God love him, he saved the character. He retconned Heroes in Crisis so that Wally snapping was him losing control of the Speed Force due to a surge. It was not his fault, yeah. which was huge. Like I can, I can remember as a newer Wally fan at the time, being really excited about that. And then people who were longtime Wally fans just going absolutely nuts. Like, thank you, Jeremy. Thunderous applause. Yeah, that was basically was so nice to have that happen. Basically. But in this run, Wally and Linda are married. They have their twins twin children, Jay and Iver, or I Irie. And it's just it's just a fun 
classic run up to this point. A couple notable things that happened. Barry Allen got lost again in the multiverse during the Dark Crisis event. That is a story I'm going to touch on here in a little bit, is the search for Barry Allen. It is the first time since Barry came back that we really see Wally leading the Flash family as he should. You've got the fact that coming up at the time of this recording, Wally and Linda are going to have another kid. And um, the one-minute war, as Mary mentioned, as me and Mary were talking about when she was going over Jay, where the entire world freezes except for speedsters because you have this, they're called the fraction coming in and essentially get like can destroy the world in in one minute. And so not only are we now caught up with Wally West, we are caught up with Flash Comics as a whole. <laughs> and I'm sorry that took so long, but oh, <laughs> that's Wally Wally has essentially been around where Barry had that 25 year break and Jay had that 20 year break before he really came back or like 15 year break. Wally has continuously been around and been a major player since the 60s with that New 52 exception. But the New 52 wasn't that long. It was maybe... There was a reason why that did not last very long at all, too. But Very, very good reasons why it didn't last. So, all right, Mary. So take us into our next segment. Where are we going to next? So Rice kind of already did this a little bit. Um, so we can, if you don't want to go through all of that again, that's okay. <laughs> um, but we are now going into not so much moments, but like things you need to read. Of course, Jay Garrick, um, a lot of his appearances are earlier because um, he is the first Flash. So his origin is, of course, in Flash Comics number one. Um, you also see it in Secret Origins number nine and Flash Secret Files number one. Um, but you really do get a lot of Jay Garrick content in the first Flash comics run from 1940. Of course, All-Star Comics, for which the All-Star Squadron is named also from 1940 in All Flash in 1941. Um, there's, of course, All-Star Squadron from 81. And the JSA runs from 1992 and 2007 are some of my favorites for Jay. But you, of course, cannot also leave out the Flash 50th Anniversary Special or the Flash Rebirth 6 issue mini. Because um, those are yeah, just huge, huge stories. The 50th Anniversary Special, is that the one with um, John Fox where he's traveling through the eras collecting think... flashes, essentially? It, like oh, Mar- one of Mark Wade's no. first issues? Uh, yeah, no, he is going around sort of collecting John Fox. Yeah, John Fox is going around collecting the flashes. Goodbye to John Fox, the historian deemed best suited for this momentous time skip in Central City's final hope. Fun fact about John Fox. And yes, it is Mark Wayne. It was, uh, John Fox was actually named after two very notable creators for the Flash, John Broom and Gardner Fox. Yes. Um, and of course, in with this too is the 52 event that Brendan and I have been covering for our book club all year um, because Jay does have a pretty significant role in 52. Absolutely. Um, and so those would be my biggest picks for Jay um, outside of just like the broad strokes for him. Um, some other ones too, they're like 
you know, Secret Origins stuff, or his appearances in Wally's Flash Run, or his appearances in Impulse. Um, but looking more broadly just at Jay in particular, these would be what I would recommend. Okay. And of course, um, I do have a full Jay Garrick reading list in my card for those of you who follow me on TikTok at The Quiver. Um, so you can find that and just go through my entire list. Absolutely. So let's turn it over to myself when we're talking about Barry Allen. There are some cases, which I've already talked about some of them, um, but what I would place out on the table for people to get or read or have examined or, or allow them to examine is showcase number four, um, the very first appearance of Barry Allen, of course. Um, Flash 123, which we've already talked about, is the introduction to the multiverse and the first team up between Jay and Barry. Um, 139, which is the very first appearance of Irban Fawn, which is one of Flash's main villains. Um, um, Flash 155, which is the first appearance of the Super Valentine known as the Rogues, um, with Grodd controlling them. Superman 199, of course, you gotta throw in that first race between the two of them. It's kind of campy, but it it's good. I enjoy it. Um, and I would recommend it to anybody who wants to learn more about that. Um, of course, you can't talk about Flash not about, without talking about Flash Rebirth. Um, the Jeff Johns run um, is the reemergence of Barry Allen after um, Final Crisis. And not only that, we do get some pretty unexpected turns and twists in the story, including not only does Vaughn, the person who's caused most of the tragedies in Barry's life, um, he, we also find out that Barry is the one that has created the Speed Force. He is the sole purpose of why the Speed Force exists. Um, and of course, you can't sit here and not talk about Flashpoint. Again, I know it's decisive, but there's a reason why it's important, um, even though it does lead to something very terrible that DC Comics decided to put out after. Um, and then... I know Mary and Bryce, you guys are big fans of this, so I did put Flash Rebirth, the Rebirth run of him, not the Jeff Johns Rebirth. Um, I, I can't talk much about that in, because, again, this was somewhere where I dropped off, um, but it is something I would put up there. So, yeah, that is my recommended readings for anybody um, and to Barry Allen. So let's turn it over to Bryce for Wally West. So... I want to say I hate how 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 much easier it was for you guys to recommend runs because if I sit here and recommend <laughs> runs for Wally, people are going to be reading for weeks. I also I also want to say something about Mary about Mary's reading list real quick, and just just a just a uh, a cry to DC to make this happen. The fact that we have Golden Age Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman omnibus and Green Arrow, but no Flash or JSA is a crime. I I would. I would buy the J Omnibus in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Even though I don't have the Barry ones yet, but that'll change soon. Uh, <laughs> if I were to start, unlike Mary and Brandon, I am not going to recommend Wally West's first appearance. I'm going to recommend Flash: Born to Run. There you go. That is Mark Wade's take on year one. It goes from Flash Volume 2, issue 62 to 65. And it is essentially Wally, rather than rather than living the events in the present, he's reminiscing on those events and how they've affected him as an adult and as the Flash. And I just think it is 
the it, it it's not my favorite flash story but just because i think there are multiple of these it is the perfect flash story another one i'm going to mention this is the only pre-crisis story that'll be mentioned it's just one issue but you really kind of get an insight as to what wally's family life is like and how he's grown past it it's a one issue story it's called dear mom and dad and it's from the new Teen Titans number 20. And the entire gist of it is Wally is writing a letter to his parents in Nebraska. Basically going it's like basically going over one of the adventures of the Teen Titans. Like, yeah, this is what happened. Gar and Vic were over here doing this. I was over here doing this, but this is what it taught me. And I'm growing to accept you guys for who you are and start to forgive you. Which, if it, the more you read and learn about Wally's childhood, is one of the biggest things that could happen for Wally. Uh, another one I'm going to mention, just a couple more Mark Wade stories, real quick. Blood Will Run is the introduction of the villain Cicada. Actually, no, that's not a Mark Wade, that's a Jeff John. Sorry, the rest of them are going to be Jeff John stories. Blood Will Run, the introduction of Cicada. C- Cicada is basically the leader of this Flash cult where they view him as almost like a deity, which really upsets Wally. And you learn how Wally views the mantle of the Flash and what it means to him, more so than I would say in any other story. Uh, There's also the search for Barry Allen. This one might be a little controversial because in a lot of ways it's an um, identity crisis Mm -hmm. tie-in. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about Identity Crisis, that greatly shifted the perspective on Barry Allen because it was revealed that he did some things and was okay with some things that aren't necessarily cool. And yeah. that story really had something had something click in Wally. Like, I've been trying to be like Barry this entire time, but Barry was not perfect, and Barry was not entirely the man that I am making him out to be. Uh, obviously there's blitz story i touched on earlier i won't go too far in depth on it at this point but see it uh wally's reverse flash story essentially rogue war is another big flash story it's the end of jeff john's run and if you've ever read or heard about spider-man the gauntlet rogue war is basically wally running the gauntlet so if you just want something fun, something big, bombastic, but still having great character moments, Rogue War is going to be for you there. And then just the entire Jeremy Adams run. I, I would say that can't really be split into stories that often. I mean, you could include the search for Barry Allen and One Minute War. So if you're going to read any two stories, I would suggest those. But, and really just the entire Mark Wade and Jeff Johns run too. But if you're looking for specific stories, those are ones that I would suggest to get to know Wally. Okay. So Mary, tell us where we're leading our guests to next. So we are now going to our favorite rogues or our heroes. Bum, bum, bum. Um, I myself have three. Um, these are my favorite ones for Jay to go up against, particularly in regards to Flash Rogues. Um, so we're not really bringing in any of the villains he's faced with the JSA into this. 
Um, and these are, of course, the ever classic, the fiddler, the thinker, and the shade. <laughs> um, and sometimes and very notably, they do all work together against Jay. Um, and I they're just fun. They're they are just really fun. I'm also partial. I don't even really like the fiddler that much. I'm just partial to him because I'm also a violinist and I think he's neat. Um his character annoys me, but the concept I will latch on to all day, every day. <laughs> just shocked at the rival erasure. <sighs> listen, listen, I like him to an Fair. extent. Fair. To an extent. Not even the turtle? But Come. <laughs> <Eat> the turtle. <laughs> uh, we'll find out in upcoming episodes. Mary is not a fan of the turtle. No. Like <laughs> the turtle. I I will again, it's one of those characters where there are a lot of characters in DC like this where the concept is fine, but the character themselves insufferable to me. And the turtle is one of those characters. Like I can deal with the concept of the turtle, but I don't ever want to see him on page. <laughs> That's uh, because of how he is. That's girder for me with Wally. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so those are my three. So I have four for Barry. Um, of course, you can't never talk about Barry without talking about Reverse Flash being the main villain that has caused everything tragic in his life. Um, even the being the man that loves to rub it in his face when the Scarlet Speedster even makes a mistake. Um, cannot talk about having this museum without Ear Bon Bon. Um, my second one is probably a very particular one. Um, Captain Cold. Um, can never have that conversation without Leonard Snark um, being a part of it. The fact being the man who absolute mastered absolute zero. Um, he is just a great threat to Flash, and even shows that even with a guy who has a gun who has no powers whatsoever can be a big threat to Barry. Um. Of course, another villain I put online was Mirror Master. Um, I'm doing Sam Scudder more than anything, um, being the fact that he actually has a vendetta against Barry, um, being the man who put himself in prison due to some material or some evidence that proved that Scudder was guilty. Um, but his mirror gun... And everything that he has is so unique and so original that you don't see that very much in comics. And Mirror Master, to me, is probably one of Barry's most maniacal and probably one of his more smarter villains than anybody else. And they sit on him. Uh, to me, Mirror Master would be up in those ropes. And, of course, you can't have this conversation without bringing up the big ape himself, Gorilla Grodd, um, being the guy who originally symbols the um, rogues to help him out not only that um with his telepathy telekinesis super intelligence he can and other than his brute strength can be a huge threat to somebody like barry and they introduce something new to us with gorilla city and that's what i love a little bit more about it um but yeah those are my rogues that i put in my rogue gallery so I will go next with Wally, and I have a few, a couple overlaps with Brandon. I'm going to start off with Hunter Zolomon, obviously the reverse flash, or not uh, Wally's reverse flash, I guess. He goes by Zoom. <laughs> it, gets, it gets really confusing. Yeah. Continuity. But yeah, Hunter Zolomon, 
the guy who arguably could get to Wally the most. I, he needs no further explanation. Uh, my next villain is going to be uh, one that I forgot about, but once I remembered her, I could not leave her off this list, and that is Magenta. Francis Kane. Talk about a villain with a close personal tie to Wally. Before she became a villain, she was just Francis Kane, Wally's friend and former girlfriend. And Wally basically was helping her with her mental health, with her powers, everything. Like Wally was there for her, and in a lot of ways, she represents his biggest failure as a hero. I'm also going to choose Captain Cold. I think Wally and Cold have a fantastic relationship, especially since Snart was there for Barry. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, kind of like he respects Barry so much. And he respects Wally too, but he respects Barry so much that he's almost looking out for Wally. It's it's a weird dynamic, but I love it. I'm also going to include Mirror Master, both versions. Both versions, because you have Scudder that really got to Wally. If you read Born to Run, Scudder actually kidnapped Wally, which caused him to think that Barry was dead. And so Scudder's obviously gotten to Wally, and then McCulloch, Evan McCulloch, was the Mirror Master during Wally's tenure as the Flash. And my last one is going to be an interesting one. A lot of people don't consider him a villain, but he is very much an antagonist to Wally specifically. And that is Warden Wolf. Ooh. He so is glad the, you brought him. He is the Warden of Iron Heights Penitentiary, and later the Mayor of Central City. Or is it Keystone? He's the... Is it Central or Keystone? I forget. Wally kind of bounces back and forth. It's Central, if I'm not mistaken. Central. I'm pretty sure it's Central. The mayor of Central City. One of the most corrupt gentlemen in the Gem Cities. One of the most power-hungry. And at one point even has, like inf- I believe, influency type powers over Iron Heights, mm-hmm. which makes it such an impenetrable force. But Wally also sees it an inhumane institution which it very much is it very much is so it's not so much a hero and villain dynamic as much as it is a moral and ethical dilemma between the two okay so that will end that section so now let's go to our very next section we're got a couple more sections we're going to take our tourists on so what section are we going to next miss mary um, so we are now looking at what we think the best team they've ever been on is. Um, now, of course, for me and Bryce, I feel like everyone can pretty much tell where we're going with this. Um, so, of course, for mine, for Jake Eric, it has to be the Justice Society of America. Um, it has to be. Um, he's a founding member of the team. He brought them out of retirement. Most of his best friendships are from that team. It is the Justice Society. There, it really isn't any competition for that in terms of Jake Eric. When it comes to mine, I'm kind of in the same boat as Mary because my member, or Barry Allen, is a founder of another team, and that is the Justice League of America. Um, he is one of the founding members with Superman, alongside Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Green Lantern, so on and so forth. Um, he has made great friends here um, along with 
like his friendships with Hal, um, his friendships with Superman and Batman. There have been just great allies throughout. And to me, we wouldn't have a Justice League without members like Barry. And for mine, obviously, it is the Teen Titans slash the new Teen Titans. Pretty much all of Wally's friendships, except for one, which I will mention here in a minute. Good. I was about to say, if you don't, I'm going to be so mad at you. <laughs> are formed in the original Teen Titans and the new Teen Titans. And he sort of so, he sort of fills two different roles. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a founding member of the original Teen Titans where everyone was peers. Everybody was on the same playing field. But then in the new Teen Titans, he was a mentor figure to people like Gar and Vic. And so I just, it's a really interesting dynamic. And it's really, the Teen Titans are where we see Wally mature into the character he eventually becomes as the Flash. There is no Flash without the Teen Titans. And the team I'm going to mention is the JLA. Justice League of America, but it's just JLA. And that is because we get his frenemy relationship established with Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern. The, or, or, as I li- or as I like to call them during this era, the brave, the bold, and the bullhead. <laughs> there you go. That's how you because do it. They start out hating each other. Well, really, Wally hates Kyle, and Kyle's like, dude, what did I do? But they eventually come to an understanding, and they become really great friends. Maybe not as tight as, you know, him and Dick Grayson or him and Roy Harper, but, you know, Kyle, Kyle's one of his rider dies. Yeah. So we got one more section left of this museum. So Mary... Take us to this last part. So our last section is based on what we think their best team-ups are. Now, these are with team-ups for other vigilantes and for other, um, we can say rogues as well, given who our characters are. Um, Now, specifically this, because I would love to say that Jay's best team-up is Joan, but um, alas... She's not that involved in the hero life aspect of everything. <laughs> um, so, which means I have to say that my favorites for Team Ups for Jay are Alan Scott and Ted Grant. Um, these are, of course, two other JSA old timers, um, Wildcat and the first Green Lantern of Earth. Um, and they are the two with whom Jay rebuilds the JSA. Mm-hmm. Um, really, there isn't a JSA without these three men in particular. No, that. So, of course, I'm going to start off, of course, with both of our, or both of my um, teammates here's characters, Jay and Wally. You can never have those conversations without not bringing up Barry and team-ups because they have had great team-ups throughout comics. Um, my second one, of course, is going to be a Green Lantern. It is Hal Jordan. Um, again, kind of like how Wally and Kyle are. They did not like each other at first. Um, Barry kind of being that he's just cocky. He doesn't care. But when you really find out what Hal is, Barry has a certain respect for him and later on have some great stories. And what I love, too, is that these are two Justice League heroes that don't rely on being a god or don't rely on riches. They're two ordinary Joes. They're just, yeah, Barry's got powers and so does Green Lantern, but 
they can just be they hang out with each other outside their identities or as a superhero it shows you how great their friendship has developed um i know i'm gonna get heat with this next one because i know mary does not like this character of course i'm gonna choose batman don't even roll your eyes come on already did too late (laughs) (laughs) but that here's the reason why i put him on there it's the only other character that batman has shown his true feelings at points other than the bat family too and i'm talking about more of his moments with him in flashpoint um it, you do see i think it's the first time you really see like bruce really show emotion other than of course the deaths of robins underneath him and but not only that you got the button you have great storylines with these two that you don't think would work but it actually does and that's what i like them um my last one's another green lantern and a lot of people forget about this character but it shows you how much barry can not only be a friend but he could be a mentor and i'm going with jessica cruz and before i hear anything in the comments i'm not a fond of their relationship they try to build for them i don't like that but what i love about these two is the fact being that they it he puts confidence in jessica to make her feel more confident in using the ring because mind you for anybody does not know who jessica cruz is she really suffers with anxiety depression there's a lot that she deals with where she's even afraid to get out the door and look at somebody like barry barry's going to be the one that leads her to be who she needs to be i don't think you would have gotten that with hal i don't think you would have gotten that with john kyle especially not guy barry is probably the best person who could inspire confidence because barry suffered with the own his own problems with confidence and he's going to teach her how he dealt with that so that's that's who i'm going with with team up so for wally i'm going to start by mentioning one that isn't necessarily a great team up as much as an entertaining team up and that is also batman (laughs) because wally unlike everybody else in the dc universe wally does not stand there and take batman's crap well a lot the titans in general don't (laughs) the titans in general don't but like how many people outside of the Bat family have you known to genuinely get up in Batman's face and Bryce, basically I'm a narrow do- fan? Bryce, I'm a great <laughs> Okay, okay, fair, fair. I'm getting that. I'm, get, I'm, I'm talking members of the Titans. Okay, outside of the ones that are in the Bat family, like Nightwing, Robin, things like that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'll take, yeah. Now, Barry, Barry did that too. But at the same time, Wally was arguably kind of more brazen about it <laughs> well remember guy gardner did too and guys lights knocked out of him as well but in the process yeah but batman batman didn't punch Wally. like wally wally is one of the only legacy characters that will stand there and tell batman he's basically you know a bad hero and a bad father and batman just stands there and takes it wally wally and roy solidarity right there man oh, yes yes <laughs> My next and they're both one, correct. <laughs> my next one, and this is for the exact opposite reason, is Oliver Queen. Because Oliver Ollie is one of the only, I guess, like characters from the old guard of Wally's time, outside of Superman, of course, because Superman's just that kind of guy who genuinely tries to understand Wally's situation. 
Hal doesn't at first. Bruce definitely doesn't. Ollie does. And you really see that come to you really see that come into play in stories like Identity Crisis when Wally's view of Barry is altered. Mm-hmm. Wally is or Ollie is there to basically just put a hand on his shoulder and say, like, look, I know Barry's not perfect, but that doesn't change who you are. Mm-hmm. And so I really love that team up. As rare as we get it, I wish it was more often. And their interaction in um, Green Arrow Quiver, too, where Ollie, as soon as he sees Wally, just grabs him in a hug and starts asking him how he's been and, like, calls him kiddo and all of that sort of stuff. Like, it's just genuine affection. It's... And as much as Ollie and Barry butted heads, Ollie acts like an uncle to Wally. Yes, and he really cares about the younger heroes, and I think because Wally stepped up as hard as he did when he became the Flash, that Ollie was really worried about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, especially after Zero Hour, I mean, Ollie's got his own everything going on. So he's very attuned to, you know, what it is like to have a mental breakdown about whether or not you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing as a hero. Yeah. Um, and he knows what that looks like. They're, 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 I love their dynamic so much. Yes. I'm so glad you mentioned it. <laughs> and then the next the next couple are just very well known. Obviously, Wally and Roy have a great dynamic. Hasn't been explored as often since the turn of the century, which sucks. But, you know, Wally and Kyle, I mentioned earlier, is a frenemy dynamic that every, just everybody loves. Of course, Wally and Barry, that doesn't that doesn't need to be said. Pretty much the entire Flash family. And I know Mary's not going to be the biggest fan of this, but my favorite team up with him is him and Nightwing. Is Wally and Nightwing. Yeah. I can see that still though. They are the definition of found family. No matter like no matter who's writing them, who like what the state of the DC universe is at the time. Even as soon as Wally comes back from the Speed Force, the fact of the matter is they are brothers. They like I they they would be ones and they would be two of the only characters that I could see in like that I could see at any point dying or killing for the other. Like for me, that makes sense with them more than Batman and Superman, more than Barry and Hal. They grew up together. They founded the Teen Titans together. They founded another iteration of the Teen Titans together. Dick has seen Wally vanish multiple times, still tries to uphold his legacy when he remembers him. And is just overall, like, it. I, I can't say it better other than they're brothers. So, did you, did you leave out Pied Piper? Did you betray me like this? <laughs> Was that who you were thinking of earlier? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. You just Wally, broke my heart, Bryce. This Wally is, and Harvey. Wally, this is Wally and Harvey. <laughs> like, Wally and Hartley have always just kind of been there to me. I, I don't, I don't like, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. But, you know, Hartley turns on Wally every now and then. And it's just like when I look at favorite team ups and favorite dynamics, like even as poor as his and Bruce's relationship is at times, it's at least consistent. 
killing me. Yeah. yeah. You put put pipe. Hartley's is slightly is just a little too inconsistent, but it's right there. It is an honorable mention. It is right there for me. That just puts a bullet harder (laughs) at this point. That hurts. That hurts. So what a way to end our I had to, I had to, I had to limit myself to five, Mary, and it's, it's, it's difficult. Okay, Wally basically teams up with everybody. Magenta, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I forgot that one too. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Pie Piper still deserves to be over. Oh, uh, one more. I don't. I'm. I not <laughs> him and just his entire family. Because Linda is a hero now. Both his kids are heroes now. Jeremy Adams, again, he essentially turned Wally and his family into DC's version of The Incredibles. And it's perfect, and it's wonderful, and they should not do anything to destroy this current status quo. They should not. They should not. If Size Furrier wants to take it down a horror route, sure. Do not destroy the family dynamic. Go talk to I Jeff. I don't think he will. He's he's very he's I'm actually relatively excited for him. I've read a lot of his more family focused stuff. I think what we might get more is like an exploration of like Wally's like trauma with his parents, but not and how that impacts how he parents, but not so much like destroying the family he has. This will end our Flash Museum. What a way to start off Flash Month um so please check us out on spotify for podcasters spotify google podcast apple podcast pocket cast youtube um follow us out there subscribe um let us know what you would have put in your museum what flash would you have put in a museum and made a made a whole shrine for him or her let us know in those comments what did we miss um do you feel bryce should have put pie piper up on that list Please let us know. Let us know in those comments. Um, and also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Comic Talkers to get all the latest updates. That's where you can let us know. Bryce is always looking at them, so trust me. He'll be here listening to your comments below. Um, more than likely, that's going to be our social media posts at this point in time. Um, but please let us know what you would have put up there. Who would your, What best moments did we leave off? What team ups did we leave off? So on and so forth. Let us know in those comments. And without further ado, my name is Brandon. I'm Mary. And I'm Bryce. And may comics always be the top of your discussion. <laughs>